Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. I'll never forget being in St. Peter's Square with a group of pilgrims, and we're waiting for the Pope to come out. Uh, it was a wonderful group. We had a bunch of married couples. Some were brand newly married, and, and they had just been married a few years, had just a couple kids. There are others that have been married 10, 20, 30 years, and we're all talking about marriage. And I asked them, the younger couples, tell me, what, what has been some of the biggest surprises that you've had about your married life? And there was one woman in, in the group. She had two kids. They'd been married just about five years. And she got very animated, very eager to answer this question. She just said, wow, this is just not what I expected, that marriage is you know these two different people coming together like this. He's just so different than me. The way he thinks about things, the way he you know keeps cleanliness in the house, the way he looks at money, the way he organizes his life, the way he disciplines the kids, it's just so different from me. And it's these two people coming together so different and we have to work it all out. It's, it's really hard. <laughs> and, she, and we're all laughing about this. And, uh, but, but I think that's so true, right? Uh, there are all these differences that come into play in marriage life, but we have to see that these differences aren't just little problems to be solved, little difficulties we have to sort out and work out together. They're actually the places God wants to meet us. They're the places God is inviting us to grow and to love and, and to serve in new ways. It's ways he's inviting us to change our hearts. How do we deal with these differences? That's what we're going to look at today. And I have a very special guest joining us, my wife, Beth, here back on the show. It's me. Hello, everyone. Great to be here. Yes. Yeah, so we're talking about differences, so many differences. Um, I think about just holidays, you know, the way that one family celebrates Christmas, say, and another one, and then you bring them together and what do you mean you open presents on Christmas Eve? That's not appropriate. <laughs> what do you mean you wait until Christmas morning? What? That takes all the fun out of it. You know, that's just a very small example of the two become one. And that that just has so much involved in it. I think of some friends of ours where um, the couple, the wife grew up on a farm and every day dinner was at 5 p.m. sharp. And so in her mind growing up, she equated you are a good wife if you have a hot dinner on the table every day at 5 p.m. Well, then fast forward, she gets married. Her husband isn't able to be home by 5 p.m. He gets home maybe 5.15, 5.45, 5.30 ish, depending on the day. And so here she is having dinner ready exactly at 5 p.m. And it's it's not going well. And so she's starting to feel, well, I, I'm not a good wife. And this this isn't a good family if we can't do this. And, and the reason that she was feeling that way is because they hadn't talked about it yet. You know, had they talked about it and said, this is what I'm used to. It, I feel sad and hurt when you don't come home at this time. And he could have assured her and said, oh, but I, I'll let you know when I'm coming home. And and you don't have to have it done exactly at 5 p.m. You know, well, I'll, we'll figure it out. Um, that would have cleared things up a lot sooner. There would have been a lot less, you know, hard feelings there. But there's so many examples. I can think of examples in our own marriage and in many other couples that we know where we just assume, we just assume, of course, they see things the same way we do. And of course, they're wired the same way because we love each other and we were drawn together by something uniting us um, that we love about the other. So it can be really shocking when you have that rude awakening of something that you just 
figured everybody did and you're surprised they don't. I think that's the key is when you, when you notice that you're a little disappointed by something, you know, and again, there's so many of these things that we, just because of our upbringing, our personalities, we have these different unnamed expectations. It could be about, like you said, when, when do we eat dinner? It could be holidays. It could be how often do we visit family? It could be about communication, parenting styles, uh, money, how we keep the house orderly. It could be all these different things. And there's these unspoken expectations, so many of them. So if you happen to notice yourself feeling a little a little frustrated about something with your spouse or a little disappointed, you know, a little let down, you know, it's good to just get curious and ask yourself, huh, why am I feeling that way? What is it? What's the underlying assumption that I have? And, and maybe I haven't done a good job of talking about that expectation I have, and maybe I should be open that... There's another way of looking at this. We don't have to have dinner at 5 p.m. or we don't have to do the budget this way or we, we, we don't have to discipline the kids this exact way. I've always thought it needed to be this way because I read this one book and it said you had to do this. But, you know, my spouse is bringing something else to the table that I should maybe listen to. It, it, when we notice that there's these little tensions that always come up in marriage, it's usually there's some underlying expectation that maybe you've never articulated to yourself in your own head. So uh, true. And so it's good to step back, think about it for a little bit, and then bring it up with the other person. I think there's another way that there's differences too. It's not just the expectations. It's also the way that we're raised differently. You know, we, we grow up in certain homes and you have a certain way of looking at marriage and family life. And then your spouse doesn't live that way. And you're going, wait, wait what's going on here? Something's off. Something's wrong. I, I think about a, a couple that we know. Uh, they came from two very different backgrounds. One of them came from this big, loud, boisterous Irish family and lots of emotions always out there on the table. They just are like, everything is just out there. You know, they can yell at each other and then like be hugging and kissing each other, you know, five minutes later. And it just, you know, everything, all the emotions are constantly out there. And then he came from this more quiet, <laughs> very introverted family that just didn't talk a lot and they never shared emotions. And you can imagine what happens in this married life. And so very early on in their marriage, uh, something like there's a little, you know, something goes wrong, a small little thing, but, you know, she's really big. Ah, you know, why did you do this? You know, a lot of emotion out there. And he's not used to seeing emotion and he's freaking out by this. Oh my goodness, she must hate me. This is, our marriage is falling apart. She just raised her voice. No one ever does this. I've never seen this before. <laughs> and you can imagine this tension. And at the same time, she's wondering, how come, how come he's so quiet? I just shared all this emotion and he's not responding. What's he thinking? He must hate me. <laughs> and so you, you can quickly see the, the, where, where this goes. And, and what happens over time is they begin to realize, you know, that it's their different upbringing and they start to talk about that more. And, uh, she, and, and she starts to realize, okay, maybe I need to tone it down when I'm upset about something or I'm, I'm concerned about something and not throw out all those big emotions. And at the same time, he realizes maybe I shouldn't be all quiet all the time. I need to, I actually need to let her know what I'm thinking uh, and not just be quiet all the time and introverted. Uh, I need to be able to share a little bit of what's going on to me. And they, what I love about this story is they both were turning inward to themselves and asking, how can I change? It would have been easy for her to say, hey, I'm just Irish, you know, and I'm just loud. That's just the way I am, you know, or he could have just said, well, I'm introverted and that's just the way I am. But no, no, they each looked at themselves and considered how can I change? Totally. And even the story, I mean, sure, it's it's how they grew up. It's their modeling. It's what they're used to. But I think even more fundamentally than that, it speaks to a, a more basic truth. And I know this may sound shocking to some, but men and women are different. 
Like we are wired in our DNA very differently from one another. We're totally complementary, but we are so radically different. And that's the beauty and the gift of marriage where the two radically different come together as one. And we each bring what is important and necessary and needed to the table, but we are just so different. John Paul II brings this out. I always bring this out when I'm teaching from his book, uh, Love and Responsibility. And he writes about the differences between men and women. He describes how men uh, have a deeper, richer, sensual life. Uh, it doesn't mean that men, women don't have sensuality. It just it's it's a it's a deeper experience for the man. And the same. What thing, do you mean by sensuality? Sensuality, sexual desire. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, you can have Physical, lots of yeah. different. I I know that, but there are different ways to see that. So, and then in terms of the women, he, John Paul II says that women have a deeper, richer emotional life. Uh, a deeper ability to enter into relationships, to connect with others, a deeper need for that. doesn't mean that men don't have emotions. It's just that it's a, a deeper experience for the woman. And so this can often come into play in many different ways. We're going to talk about some of this when we look at sexuality uh, later this month. But it, it comes into play just in normal day-to-day -day living as husband and wife. So a lot of women out there, a lot of wives, will just assume that their husband is wired for connection the same way. And so, you know, we'll be thinking, doesn't he know that this is what I want for my birthday? Doesn't he know that this is a problem? He should realize that when he says things this way, how it hits me, because I realize how when I've said things like this in the past, how it's hit him. So I, he should realize this. He should know. We might just drop hints everywhere. And instead of coming right out, when you do this, it makes me feel this way because... Um, and then we just say, I wish he could read my mind. I don't want to have to tell him exactly because I, I think us women, I think a lot of us have been trained by the um, rom-com chick flicks out there where there's a, a man and a woman, there's attraction, they fall in love, and then he just knows what to do and it's beautiful and it's perfect and we're crying at the end. Isn't, isn't that our marriage? <laughs> That's totally our marriage. <laughs> No, because like I remember, this is just a little vignette from the early days of the Sri family. I remember when we lived in that first little apartment and I think I had our first baby and I was in the chair nursing more than likely. And you came so proud. I cleaned the kitchen and I'm like, oh, okay, great. Awesome. And I go in there and like the counters hadn't been wiped. There was still food on the floor and I think you put things away. And and your definition of clean was very different than my definition of clean. I, th I think you washed the dishes. I'll give you that. I, th I believe you washed the dishes. But it was just interesting. I mean, for me, I, I don't think I was as nice about it. I was like, wait, no, you didn't. What are you thinking? This isn't clean. You know, just then your face about it. But you didn't know. You hadn't grown up cleaning the kitchen regularly. You'd never been trained in the art of making sure the counters were wiped and the floor was swept. Now you're Mr. Militant about it. <laughs> Luke, Luke, sweep the floor. Come on. Which I love. But but this is how we've both have to grow into understanding the other, pointing out deficiencies in the other, and then working together to grow. And that's why marriage is so fantastic in these ways. But, but going back to this idea, the differences between men and women, that women have this deeper emotional life, they, uh, a deeper need to connect. Uh, and so a man might think, oh, I connected with my wife. You know, I came home and I asked her how her day was. Yep. 
great connection. You know, I talked to her for five or 10 minutes, you know. Uh, yeah. So did the guy at the store who <laughs> rung up my groceries. How's your day going? Okay, good. Great. Okay. That'll be twenty nine fifty one. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so the men don't have the same and this is again, every, every temperament's different. But in general, JP two makes the point: they, they don't have, men don't have the same need and understanding of that uh, desire to connect. And so they think, oh, I talked to my wife for a little bit, and asked her how her day was. That we got that connection. Okay, now I can go, you know, get changed and go mow the lawn or check out the score of my favorite team or whatever, you know. Uh, but no, no, there needs to be a lot of connection, much more than we think uh, as as a man. But at the same time. Women also, I think they think that we men are wired the same way. And so they often are disappointed that we don't see what they see or that we don't anticipate their needs as well as we should. And I, I just want to say that that's not fair <laughs> because you're, I, I'll just say to the ladies listening, your husband does not have your same feminine genius. And I, I wish he did. And we're going to keep inviting him to grow in this. I know I need to grow so much. <laughs> but, You've done a lot, though. <laughs> but many times, you know, we as guys, we just don't, we, we don't really see the need and what, what our wife really needs well, on Well, you don't heart. see things in general. How many times has it been, can you go get this for me from the basement? And you come back up, it's not there. You do this, the boys do this. <laughs> you, you don't see physical things right in front of you. And granted, you're not shopping for them. You're not purchasing them. You're not putting them away as much. So you're not as familiar. But I think it's a great act of charity for us wives to, in a calm, rational way, express our needs and our heart's desires to our husband because we're inviting them to love us better. I do agree it's not fair, but I think the the opposite side of that is because we have the the relationship roadmap written into our psyche more than our men counterparts, the responsibility of keeping us on the right path, on the right course, really lies with us. And so if we see something, if we hear something, if we sense something, that we can we can bring it to the attention in a calm, gentle, loving, Christ-centered way. But it really is, it is willing the good of another when I say, ooh, bring bring your tone down, that's not going well. Or, or hey, you said this and it really hurt me. Or, I feel like we need more time together. Can we have a date night this week? Or I just need to go for a walk with you right now. <laughs> you know, sometimes we have to to be a little more, I don't know, in your face to get your attention. But we do it out of love, I hope. No, no. And I'll say I'm so grateful for that. Like when you do those things, because I want to serve you. I, I want to I want to know your heart and I want to, 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 to love you well. I don't always know the best way to do it. And so it's a great act of charity to me so that I can be more charitable to you. In other words, when you just make it clear, it's like, I'm so thankful I need, I, and again, I wish that I, I would pick up on these things more and I hope I get better over time. Uh, but at the same time, when you just kind of coach me, just like, I need this, you know, or when this, when you do this, this is not helpful and you do it in a kind way, especially it inspires me. I was like, yeah, because I, I want to help. I want to serve. I, I, I want to take care of your heart. But you have a great receptivity to it. And that's what I would encourage all the men out there with is to, to work hard to not be defensive and to work hard to see through the words your wife is using. Because if this isn't something that you have practiced in your marriage, there's a good chance it's not going to come off well the first time. But if you can see through the words or the tone, maybe the intent and the, the desires of her heart, which are for you, 
and receive it in the, the way it was intended, good things will come from that. Let's close with a little story here. We, we always like to tell. Oh. I think we, you and I might have shared this a couple of years ago too. on the show. but um, It's classic. But it gets right to this point here of how we're different and then the, the challenges that can arise and God meeting us in the midst of it. You're all familiar, probably, many of you, with that book, The Five Love Languages, uh, you know, like the way we like to receive love and give love. And so my wife's love language is gift giving. Uh, so she is so good, you know, at thinking through when it's someone's birthday, what do they need? What is this person, what would be helpful for them? And she's so thoughtful. She puts a lot of thought, heart, and energy into the gift. Uh, so it's not just like- I just love loving people and the way they like to be loved. <laughs> and so I pay attention to that over time. And then I, I kind of build a little composite. I even have notes in my phone of like, this would be a great gift for this person throughout <laughs> the year. Because I love surprising someone with something and they're like, oh, wait, what? How did you, what? Oh, and it, it's one of my favorite things. So, uh, And it's so beautiful. And I love that about you. But one Thanks. of <laughs> one of the struggles though for our marriage is that my poor wife has married someone that does not have that love language at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it it I people give me gifts and it's fine. I'm grateful, but I I don't I don't spend a lot of time and energy thinking about gift giving. Yeah, my husband when we first were married or dating, engaged, I'm not sure exactly when I discovered this, but we would talk about Christmas and and getting gifts and I was starting early, you know, in the fall, I'm getting ready to start getting geared up here just because this winter and fall is going to be extra busy. But he said, Oh, oh, yeah. So Christmas shopping, I have it all figured out. So I just make a little list and I head to the mall December 24th. And it takes me about two hours and boom, done, checked it off accomplished, completed, finished. <laughs> and he's telling me this and I'm like, wait, what? Wh like my my brain is like you know that that emoji where the the head is like exploding that's how i felt because you go to the mall on december 25th not only is it insane 24th. 20 sorry 24th it's crazy crowded but everything is all picked over how can you find something that's going to show how much you appreciate and know and honor and love someone at the 11th hey, hour. I, I was, when I was single, I just wanted, I had all my friends, my family members. I really, I bought a lot of gifts and I, I was thinking of them, but I, I made that list in the morning. And my thought was, how do I be as, as most efficient with my time to get, you know, and, and if I don't think about it until the 24th, then I, I'm limited on how much time I could spend on this. This is, this is who Beth married. This is, and you can imagine her, her poor heart and many years of marriage, me just not getting gifts right. I mean, she had to come right out and tell me a couple of times. No, you know, In a kind, gentle way. Yeah. After I got her vacuum cleaners and kitchen appliances, she goes, okay, no more appliances, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I didn't know I was so clueless early in our marriage. It's so terrible. I would try clothes, but didn't know the right sizes. And, you know, it just was, it was rough. But then finally, after many, many years of failure, I was like her. I noticed something about her that she liked. <laughs> uh, I noticed that when we would do you know, brunch every Sunday morning as a family, we've got the eggs and the bacon and the, the pancakes that she would, you know, we'd, we'd have everything ready to go. And she'd bring out the, she just brings out the basic generic syrup onto the table and uh, for the family to use. But then she would go up to her, to the counter and she would find, you know, in the cabinet, this, this little tiny specialty syrup that she would put by her plate. And she used this special maple syrup just for her own pancakes. And I noticed, I noticed something that she really liked. She, she liked the specialty maple syrup. 
And so her birthday was coming up. And I remember I was in Vermont giving a talk right before your birthday. <laughs> and Vermont is known for maple syrup, right? So I just thought, oh, I, I, this is going to be great. So uh, I come home and then we have the Sunday brunch. Her birthday was on a Sunday. And perfect. This is great. We got the brunch and, you know, kids are giving her little presents and I'm acting nonchalant, kind of pretending, maybe I forgot, you know, to kind of see, you know, and, uh, and then finally I go, oh, honey, here's your gift. And I, I have it in a nice little gift bag. And uh, I was so excited for you to open it up and you opened up and what happened? I thought it was a gag gift. <laughs> I pulled out the syrup and like, ha ha, very funny. You got this in the airport in Vermont on your way home because you weren't you remembered it was my birthday at the last minute. So I'm like pulling it out. Like, it's like, where are the diamond earrings? What, what, <laughs> what else is in here? And I, and I said, but honey, wait, I, but I noticed you, 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 you like maple syrup. You get that specialty one. And I got this special kind from Vermont where Vermont is known for, for maple syrup. This is going to be awesome. And, and you just kept looking at you. like, I think you said, but I'm your wife. <laughs> But I'm your wife. I mean, I, I had the special syrup for me because it's expensive. I didn't want the kids when they were younger just dumping it all over their <laughs> potatoes. So I was getting like the organic one. And I had just gone like, what do you call it? A co-op with a couple friends. We w each went in on ordering Canadian maple syrup. And so I just had a fresh gallon of it in our house. And you're buying me more I was my head was blown and then I said I'm so sorry honey I, that you don't like this gift but I have some bad news for you there's like six more jars coming in the mail <laughs> and sure enough they replied thank goodness you can actually freeze maple syrup so we had a place to put it so later that same year it was you know late, uh, you know six months later I think or so I think we we're approaching Mother's Day maybe uh, mm -hmm. I think we were approaching Mother's Day and you and I were at you and I were at the store and some, I don't know, some grocery store or, so, or no, some department store. And, and we passed by some purse you liked. It was a tote bag. A yeah. tote bag. Okay. And then, yeah. What did you say? Oh, it was hilarious. I saw it out the corner of my eye and I'm like, oh, that's really nice. And so Ted was behind me and I just stopped and I said, this is a great bag. See, it's a great bag. <laughs> And you kind of laughed like, uh, noted. And then we kept walking. And then he came back later, took a picture. And that was my gift. <laughs> yeah, sometimes me as men are clueless and we just need you, we are, our wonderful wives, to just coach us, to tell us we want to serve you. We just need to know what's on your heart. <laughs> so I have gotten better. I've gotten, oh, totally. I've gotten some good gifts yes, for you. you. Have. Uh, Still always at the 11th hour, though. I, I tend, yeah, I, I, I tend. <laughs> but, but, but there's more thought that goes into these things. So. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you. Whether you're single and you're getting a picture of what married life will be someday, or you're newly married or married a while, I bet there's things you can all relate to here in dealing with differences. All that we're sharing is from our new book. Isn't this exciting? It's called The the Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, The Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. You can find it on Amazon. You can go to ascensionpress.com slash realmarriage. You'll find the book there. You'll find also a number of videos that we've done with Ascension Presents on this. Again, that's ascensionpress.com slash realmarriage. You can check that out as well as the podcast that you and I did. Uh, last June, we did a three-part three series giving an overview of the book. So blessings to you and your marriages. Thanks for listening and God bless. God bless. 